0: This is The Rewind from the Tufts Daily. I'm Arlo Moore Bloom. This week, I talked to former Editor-in-Chief Ellie Levine about Tufts' Institutional Master Plans, which are Tufts' existing property and future development plans for approximately the next 10 years. Earlier this semester, Medford filed a Home Rule petition in the Massachusetts State Legislature, which would force Tufts to divulge these plans to the city. Somerville filed one as early as 2015. In filing these petitions, Medford and Somerville hope to better understand how Tufts is planning to expand into their communities. Okay. Ellie, hey, how are you?
1: Good. How are you, Arlo?
0: I'm good. I'm good. So tell me, what happened on September 5th?
1: On September 5th, Medford City Council passed A Home Rule Charter Petition, essentially, it's a request from city government to state government to enact a new regulation or exemption from state law. A Home Rule Petition requires Tufts to share its institutional master plans with the city of Medford.
0: Okay, and what exactly is an institutional master plan?
1: It basically would be like on the Boston Planning and Development Agency's website, and it would show land use and urban planning for the next either five or ten years by the university. Tufts currently actually has one describing what will happen with its Boston campuses, but it doesn't have one for Tufts, for like Somerville and Medford.
0: And why does Medford want these plans?
1: Well, it's a really good way to ensure that there's some dialogue between the city government and the university, just because Tufts is constantly expanding, there's a housing crisis, and Because of all this building and urban planning, the city feels like it should know.
0: Should know far in advance, in other words.
1: Right, exactly. Like for the next five or ten years, like which buildings are going to be built? How many students are expected to come into the school? How many are expected to be housed here? Things like that that would just really ensure that the government is able to align its planning with the universities.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. One thing that stuck out to me from your article was the idea of the Cape and Creep. Tell me about that.
1: This is a term that was coined by Erin DiBenedetto, and she's a very outspoken member of the Medford community, and she lives in what she calls the Hillside neighborhood, which is essentially where those Coho houses are on the side of like Winthrop Street, creeping down from Walnut Hill down into Medford.
0: Towards Boston Ave. Towards
1: Boston Ave, exactly. So I'm sure you may know that like Tufts owned a bunch of univers- like university-owned houses where a lot of faculty members lived in that area and that's what's now coho it's like a junior and senior housing development and turn them into university-owned houses so she uses the phrase cape and creep to explain like a way that tufts is actively expanding into the hillside neighborhood without giving much information about what they were doing to the community
0: right and what is the dover amendment and how does that relate to all of this
1: Stepping back to like a home rule petition, essentially it's a request from city government to state government to enact a new regulation or exemption from state law. A home rule petition would actually exempt Medford or Somerville from the Dover Amendment. That's the state law. The whole like point of the Dover Amendment is to ensure that educational institutions have essentially free reign to do what they want and that the state government doesn't like, limit their freedom to expand.
0: So what I'm hearing from you is that the state government through the Dover Amendment allows for churches and academic institutions to not have to give over their plans to the government.
1: The Home Rule Petition would force Tufts to give over its plans to the city in opposition to the Dover Amendment, which allows it to conceal what it's doing.
0: You write that the same law limits the zoning power cities hold over such institutions. What does that mean?
1: So zoning restrictions would be prohibiting more private businesses from taking up a ton of space in the city, but Tufts is able to get around those restrictions through the Dover amendment. And that's been true like despite all the push for the home rule petition to be passed in the state legislature, it hasn't passed yet.
0: Right, so it sounds like Medford is frustrated with Tufts' expansion and they wanna know more about that expansion ahead of time. So what does that say about the relationship between Tufts and Medford?
1: It says that there's a lot of work to be done on this relationship. Also because Somerville has already been working on this since 2015. So... Medford is hopping on the bandwagon now, and hopefully they will make some progress with both cities working on it. What I heard from Medford residents consistently is that they don't really they're not working on this with as much fervor, I guess as Somerville has been, and they're looking to Somerville more as an example. While the dialogue between Somerville and Tufts may have been more robust in the past, the dialogue between Tufts and Medford hasn't
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tufts argues that this kind of petition would lead to quote discrimination and unreasonable zoning restrictions. What does what does that mean?
1: Yeah, unreasonable zoning restrictions. We're going to get into like the lobbying that has happened to try to protect the Dover Amendment. I think the crux of that argument is that religious freedom and institutional freedom, freedom for educational institutions to do what they want with their space and money are like pretty solid cornerstones of Massachusetts urban planning dating back hundreds of years democracy democracy all of that so basically their point is that they don't want to be constrained
0: Mm -hmm. and like you said before Somerville has tried to pass a similar home rule charter petition when did that happen and why did it fail to reach a floor vote at the level of the state
1: so it happened I believe in 2015 Christine Barber is the state representative who has been working on both cities' home rule petitions. She filed it in the state legislature then, did not pass a floor vote then, was refiled in 2017, I believe, was not passed then, and then it was refiled again this past spring and, again, is stalled and has not reached a floor vote. So I'm not sure what exactly is going on, but I can say that Tufts has lobbyist groups that are working with the state legislature to try to protect its Rights under the Dover Amendment and try to prevent this from happening.
0: So what you're telling me is that Somerville has filed this petition three times. What does that say about how much they care about this institutional master plan idea?
1: They want, you know, more information about what Tufts is doing and that they need you know, some kind of roadmap for the next five or 10 years. Cause this is a long-term thing. It's not just like, it's not just like a building pops up or like a new dorm randomly exists. Like Tufts has been working on this and there's an aspect of concealment.
0: After the break, a look at AICUM, the lobbying firm that has kept these petitions from reaching a floor vote. Are you looking for a warm and welcoming place to practice yoga? Join the Corner Studio Yoga community Located at 379 Main Street in South Medford, the Corner Studio offers yoga classes for all levels. Try the introductory membership. Two weeks of unlimited yoga for just $25. This week's episode is also brought to you by Tasty Cafe on 321 Boston Ave. Tasty serves acai bowls, fresh egg sandwiches, and delicious fruit smoothies. Tasty Cafe is the only restaurant near Tufts that serves francesinhas, a classic Portuguese sandwich. Tasties is open every day from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m., so go visit them today. What is AICUM, and what was President Monaco's role in it?
1: AICUM is a group that, from my understanding, it's like the Association of Massachusetts Colleges and Universities and they protect universities' interests as it relates to the state legislature. What they've been doing, Tufts actually pays AICUM, and then that group pays lobbyist firms to support its interests in the legislature. So that, from my understanding, is the group that has been stopping this bill from being passed.
0: Mm -hmm. So Tufts, along with a bunch of other schools in Massachusetts, pay this entity called AICUM. Mm -hmm to basically lobby on their behalf in the state legislature.
1: Tufts spent $2 million on lobbying between 2013 and 2016. And this was one of the issues included in that. So I'm not sure the direct allocation of money to this issue, but Tufts has definitely been pouring it in there. And actually, President Monaco served on the board from 2015 to 2018. And he also chaired the committee at one point.
0: Mm -hmm. So what does that say about Monaco's role in all of this?
1: I mean, obviously, his interests are with Tufts and fully backing the Dover Amendment does not want a home rule petition. It impedes dialogue between Tufts House communities and Tufts itself. This is like a full divulgement of all of their plans for land use for the next five or 10 or 20 years. In any event, they um, are probably protective of what they want to do, especially because it might negatively affect, as it has been, Tufts host communities. What do you mean by that? Just with things like Coho creeping into Medford and even the squash courts and the development near Gantcher, there could be issues with lighting, with sound affecting the people in surrounding communities. It's not clear whether Tufts expansion will have positive impact, and I think that might be why they don't want to be transparent about it.
0: As of right now, Somerville's petition has been refiled. Medford just filed a petition in September. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the state legislature will pass the petition this time around for either city?
1: I could so see AICU. I'm getting involved again on behalf of Tufts and on behalf of the Dover Amendment. And if there's money behind that, it seems pretty powerful. What I will say, though, is that Christine Barber as a representative of the Slate legislature herself is like really and actually Patricia Jalen has been involved in this issue. They're both trying really hard. So hopefully also with Medford and Somerville both filing home rule petitions, there will be some progress. It's hard to say at this point.
0: Mm -hmm. So what you're saying is that prior history shows that the likely outcome is no
1: yeah prior history is not hopeful however since both cities are on it this could be a sign that something will change
0: you mentioned earlier in this that boston that the campuses in boston are exempt um from the dover amendment so could you kind of explain that
1: boston and cambridge should serve as examples if the home rule petition was filed successfully there they have growth but they also are limited in how much they can interfere with local zoning policies. And one other thing that Erin Benedetto mentioned in my interview with her is that Cambridge has a pretty symbiotic relationship with Harvard. Like Harvard is well known in the city and it's a reason people go to Cambridge and they may not have a perfect relationship, but they're the city officials and you know, city residents and university officials are working together to ensure that Cambridge and Harvard are harmonious. She essentially said that she feels a more antagonistic relationship exists between Tufts and Medford. And if people actually went to Medford to see Tufts, like if Tufts were known in the city, then that might be an indicator of a more symbiotic or harmonious relationship. And the Home Rule petition definitely relates to that because it would you know, increase the dialogue and make transparent Tufts plans.
0: Totally. Thanks so much for coming in, Ellie. Thanks. Here are two other stories you should know about this week. On Friday, October 25th, University President Anthony Monaco announced the completion of former U.S. Attorney Donald K. Stern's report on Tufts' ties to opioid manufacturer Purdue Pharma and the Sackler family in a town hall. The report was written after an independent investigation by Stern into donations to the university from the billionaire family widely blamed for the opioid epidemic and the influence that the family may have exerted over the university. These allegations surfaced in a lawsuit against the family brought by Massachusetts Attorney General Maura Healey and a Tufts Daily Investigation. The report will be presented to the Board of Trustees at its upcoming November meeting before being released to the public by the end of the year. And, as reported by Bella Maharaj and Alexander Thompson on Tuesday, Tufts dining workers reflected on their first collective bargaining agreement that was reached last spring. Workers praised the new contract, citing higher wages and better health care benefits. Since the agreement was signed on June 7th, workers have also filed numerous grievances against the university in accordance with their new contract, saying that problems with managers and scheduling persist. This was The Rewind from the Tufts Daily. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Arlo Moore Bloom. This episode of The Rewind was produced by me and Caleb Arts. Our executive producer is Hannah Khan. If you like this podcast, support The Daily. You can read all of our stories at tuftsdaily.com.